we're here for our July episode of Wine, Women, and Song. Yay! And, uh, yay. Seems like we've been off forever because we no. recorded that June podcast in the first weekend in June, and here yes, we are. It's, it's July. July. Everything's fine. Everything's Jay. fine. Great. Everything's fine. Well, as you can hear, uh, for some of your regulars, you may recognize here today on my left, we have Georgia O'Keefe. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. Well, that opening line went straight to your head. I did. That's why I don't. Yeah, Heather Lockard Wheeler. We have Jenny Bank. Zoe Johnson Stewart. Welcome back. It's been a while. Oh, it Wonderful. Um, and so, for those of you who've listened a lot, uh, you know Jenny Bank is new. So yes. I'm going to ask Jenny to say a little bit about herself. Let's see. I'm a singer. I'm a mezzo-soprano, and I live in New York City. And I was born in South Africa and grew up in Binghamton, New York. And then I came to Baltimore to Peabody for school, where I met Mr. Bittner and his married women. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm back here working, and Jay invited me. So. Yay! And we're happy to have you. His married women. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's what this is kind of in a way, you know, my moment is all. Um, but uh, so our theme for the month of July is uh, roses, and the music will be roses and thorns, Ooh, and yes. or thorns, I should say. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and those of you who listened from the beginning to our very first podcast was roses. So we're reaching back to something we have done in the past. Um, I think. Zoe and Heather and Paige, you were all here for the first one, is yeah. that right? Yeah. No. The Rosa? No, you weren't. Uh, negative. 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 Ghost Rider. But uh, uh, as usual, uh, we, I find we are ahead of the trends. Rosé is uh, super hot right now. Yes. Since two years ago, it has... Uh, no, you're laughing. No, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of uh, Zoolander. It's so, so hot, hot right now. now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That is the weather. Right. Oh, that's sure. so hot right now. But uh, rosé sales are up uh, over a hundred percent each of the last two years, wow. or year over year. So, uh, and we're talking about dry rosés, not uh, your sweet blush wines like white zinfandel, etc. <laughs> why do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think the trend is as such? Well, do you I think, that I we're think it, well, more I think, sophisticated. Well, I think in general. Uh, Wine has been growing in the United States in terms of sales uh, for the last, you know, two decades to the point where actually we now are the most wine by volume, but not per capita. That's still France. Um, but uh, so because of that and because a lot of the wine drinkers are in a younger crowd, uh, they have been developing their palates and they go towards, you know, uh, well, they go towards things that are marketed. I'm not gonna lie, and, yeah. and rosé is being marketed really strong yeah. right now. Okay. Um, I, I mean, from somebody like myself, two years ago when we chatted about it, it and it still holds true, true from the winemakers I talked to, rosés tend to be a passion project, as in the winemakers like they love the rosé, so they put some effort into it. Yeah. Um, but I think with this latest marketing push, there's a lot of uh, rosés that are on there just because they were like, well, hell, we gotta have a rosé, this is hot. So, in some ways, my fear is that the category will get diluted, whereas it used oh. to be, you could be guaranteed if you are gonna pick up any rosé, it was gonna have a certain quality level because they weren't just putting it out there to sell it. Okay. Um, so, 
It's not to say that there's bad wine out there. In general, wine has been getting better in the last two decades, um, three decades, you know, just across the board. Uh, so that your lower price point wines are much higher quality level now than they were, you know, mm -hmm. back in the 80s, yep. you know, when I started drinking. No. Um, <laughs> so, um, but uh, anyway, so we started off this evening as usual with a sparkling wine, but this time um, uh, we were gifted a lovely sparkling rosé, which uh, which was delicious to start out with. Yes, that's what we had in the, the room. That was yummy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who was, was that? Are you going to tell uh, us? The Campo Viejo. Um, Root Rosé Acaba. It's 100% um, Tripot, which is actually, it's a red wine grape grown in Spain primarily or almost exclusively for making rosé wines. So it's really kind of interesting that it's that specialized. I thought this very lovely sparkling wine. It was, wine. It was yeah, a hot, hot day. Yeah, yes, and, and like, you know, it's like, it's so pink. I mean, it's like yes. deep, dark yes. pink. Um, and it has a lot of great fresh red berry flavors on the palate. I just think it's very refreshing, very nice, um, a, a great change of pace. Sometimes rosés can have, they, they come off as bitter to me. They could, yeah. But this was not. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Um, and so the, um, the, the other thing is rosés, I guess, are technically red wines because the only way you can get uh, the color is because it's a, the skin of the red great yep. so um that's kind of interesting and gosh it looks like we talked through the opening we love, rose. we love rose uh so i'll pour the first rose in a minute and uh just remind everybody that one of the things about rosés is that uh it's about entering red wine flavors uh and aromatics into a white wine palette that's kind of the idea and that's why you get things like beautiful red berries and other such things on rosés. So that cue is Jay has talked too much <laughs> and we need to move on to the first wine in the first selection. So I'll go ahead and pour that now. It was all educational talking. All, all educational and looking at... Are you sure that's a rosé? Yeah, I was gonna say looking at this first <laughs> one compared to what our uh, brute was, this was quite distinctively more pale in color. It's very peachy. For sure. Yes.
It wasn't a good. It was, it was a, uh, like bracing and crisp. Yeah. Yes. Very yes. Crisp. Yes. Yeah. It was very. It was very like in your in your face. You know. Yeah. It was, I love how she sings. Okay, so this is. Um, I hope I'm saying her name right. Diana. Is it Demrau? Oh, Diana Demrau. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this was um, the the Queen of the Knights. Uh, the Vengeance. Soprano. Is right. she? Yeah. Is she? Okay, mm -hmm. I didn't really. I, she's like my new. I love her. I love her. Singing. I love her. And I think what I love about this. So this is the vengeance aria for our gentle listeners out there. Um, we're like what? Um, and so this is from Desible Flauta, or the magic flute. Um, <laughs> and so in this and this aria, friends, um, the queen of the night is asking her daughter to kill daddy because that's what every family does. Um, and so um, yeah. So if it sounds and you know it's cute actually. A long time ago. Side note. Great um, family opera, right? It is yeah. a great family. Yes. No, it's actually one of my favorites, and it is just so well done. In Mozart, you cannot deny Mozart's genius. He's just mm -hmm. amazing. And so, a long time ago, um, and I think I got this assignment incorrect because I really should have done the first aria, Otsitra Nicht, because I, I just thought you chose this for thorns. I well, but well, I did it both literally and figuratively. So literally. I was thinking, yes, you know, the, the thorns. But figuratively, I was also thinking about the complicated relationship between mothers and daughters. Mm. It's thorny. It's mm. thorny and rosy. Mm -hmm. uh, Sometimes yes. simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know, as, as so. As one who has a daughter. Who is now in double digits <laughs> and is going to a convent soon. Um, <laughs> yes, all of that. So, but, I, but what captivated me about hers is that it is just, it's in your face and it's brilliant. And her singing is flawless. You can hear every single note, um, every single syllable. Every, everything. Yeah. And I was thinking her German's fabulous. Yes. <laughs> she is German. Well, but even still, still like, it, as we know, sing, we speak English, and singing in English sucks. Yeah. And so I'm a big fan of hers. I've seen her a few times. She's and just, just amazing. And then, singer. and then, you know, there is the her you, the video of her is just. I'm like, I'm scared of you. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. Yeah, you really do get. I mean, her her voice has this real like ping mm -hmm. to it. Those, like, those real, staccato like, notes. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's otherworldly. Yeah, and so you really feel the character coming through in this in this performance in a way that you don't. Even though there's, I mean, for you to sing this aria, like there, you know. There's well, no, it's, it's there's no DSing this yeah. area. Well, you you know, have there's so much expectation. Right. And I feel like you can really, like, there's, it's not always, like, the vengeful, angry, you know, scariness is not necessarily conveyed musically, yes. but it is here. And it's really, yes, it's very scary. But I love it because it's very clean and direct, and it's just, it's just perfect. I think sometimes this role is undercast vocally yes like people who can hit the notes but don't have that kind of like gravitas that you need to make yeah. it actually scary agreed and uh she does it wonderfully yeah. yeah 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 there was some interesting gosh i think it was it so when I, I was at a music festival in assisi italy and they did the magic flute um uh and someone brought up the point where like you know when mozart performed it the a like a was not at 440 it was a lot lower, so the high notes were not as high 
as they are now. As they are now. Oh. So it really is a different. Well, we do have the benefit of steroids now. So yes. this is that. That's why she's obviously on the juice. She's yeah. Yeah. She's she's roiding up opportunities. <laughs> it wouldn't have sounded quite so like a little kid trying to imitate, you know, right. an opera singer as it does when most people sing it these days. <laughs> but I, I just spent all year doing magic. Please. Back to Jenny's yeah. point in that, and and also Zoe's is that she's scary vocally but she's not hurting her voice right mm-hmm. no it's and i think what she yes oh yes and well, no, i think, I think, the, I think she the, does. for me the, the scariness is the power yes. the raw power that's there there's nothing ugly about what she's oh, saying oh no i mean her words the the text, I mean, the text is, ugly. is ugly yes but yes i mean she yes but i think what i think that's what makes this recording and what she does so exciting is that you're like oh now i see why it's scary now I see why poor little Pamina is, you know, shaking in her little shoes, mm-hmm. you know. So I just, yeah. And you've just been doing flute. I I, I was flute all year. <laughs> flute all and year. And it's not my favorite opera, but wow. you know, Third Lady is a, a really fun role. Yes. Um, yeah. No, I, I was understudying a flute in Chicago and then singing a flute in Seattle, and uh, we had two very different Queen of the Nights for those two productions, mm-hmm. both of whom were wonderful. One was kind of a brought a heavier sound to it and wanted a lighter sound. Both were great though. And I think the importance is to really respect what Mozart wrote. And if you get that coloratura really clean, you yeah. get those high notes really solid, uh, you know, that's it's half the game. game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So but but yeah, and you touched on it before, Jenny, I mean, there's the expectations. It's not just like this is a hard as balls aria to sing. It's the audience is like edge of their seat waiting for it and they know it and they they're they're rooting for you to do well but by the same token they're a little unforgiving if it's not there yeah i mean it's definitely a hard i mean you've got two arias and a little bit of you know stuff to sing you can't get that note you know it's not (laughs) and it's it's for that voice type it's what they do you know it's right i couldn't do that in a million years but but it's either on it's or that it's expectation not. from the audience everyone knows the arias yeah mm-hmm. and uh that's scary mm-hmm. no one knows mezzo stuff is great <laughs> that's not true <laughs> that's not true so line number one line number one yes we talked about when i poured it it was it looks like a white one pretty pink well it's, no there's pink there there yeah. is some pink there's but pink. it's a very pale pink kind of very it's pale. kind of like Kind of like rose gold, you know. Oh, very nice. Like rose gold. You know, because there's a little yellow in there too. Also Just very in. And there's a lot of yes, very gold. <laughs> Lots of people getting their hair colored rose oh. gold. It's, it's true. Zippy. It's a thing. This wine. Mm-hmm. It's like Zippy? a tingle. Yeah, yeah. You just feel like a whole like like zing through your palate on the first sip. Like it maybe shiver a little bit. It was. Yep. It was. Yeah, maybe zippy is not exactly the word, but no, it's right. zingy. Maybe is better. It's a zingy wine. It's very delicate. Mm-hmm. The flavors are very delicate. I, I think what you're talking about is it's got a really um, driving acidity from the yes. beginning mm-hmm. to the end of the of the, of ah. the palate, um, which kind of drives it across the whole thing. But you said uh, strawberries. Is that what you said? I didn't, but I know. Well, I'm you said strawberries. Strawberry. strawberry on the nose, and I get like, um, like a peach on the actual flavor, like an acidic peach, like a rotted peach. A rotted peach. 
Okay. I'm trying to be like Jay. <laughs> really stinky socks. Like, I got moldy socks. Funny, I get more like melons on the palate myself. Mm, I didn't get melons. I didn't get much. I mean, my no. glass is gone, but I didn't right. get much. But I think and I think I, the nose has other things on it, like like florals as well. As, I can see that. Yeah. And I have a feeling that the that our that our wine that we had before the and the wine. cheese ruined my mouth. Oh, it did not ruin your it's ruined. No. We have just refreshed it with beautiful rosé. Light, delicate rosé. Yeah. And beautiful cinnamon. Yes. Yeah. I just, I feel like I should have had this one before anything. To it is. Well, I, I, will, it. I will say this, that yes, that you, what you're pointing out is that one could drink wines in an order that sets them up better or sets them up I don't worse. feel like I was set up for success. It's possible. It's possible. If you want, you can always come back to this one later. Okay, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Done. But you typically don't. Wine. I know, and I really want to like wine number one. <laughs> I want to like it. Well, just so just so you know, Jenny, you're a newcomer. You don't have if you don't uh, keep pace. You're welcome to dump in the dump bucket. Um, or or drink or, it. Or drink you're it all. You're I d all for Lent. I dumped. <laughs> I did. All right. So I will go ahead and pull start selection number two dumped and for pour Jesus. wine number two.
Yay! Dang. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes. Yes. So that was mine. You know, a little early music. No surprise mm -hmm. there. Um, and that is Sweeter Than Roses by Henry Purcell. And the singer is Emma Kirkby, Dame oh, Emma Kirkby. I see where cool. she's a dame. Yes. And uh, the song is actually um, one of two songs that Purcell wrote for a play, uh, Pausanias, I think is the name of it. Um, and it was by Richard Norton. And <laughs> one of the notes that I found, this is funny, that this is uh, very prolific in the recital repertoire. <laughs> And they say especially when, well, I'll just read what it says. Um, Sweeter Than Roses has become a staple in the recital repertory, particularly in the type of recital where a newer singer is showing her ability in various areas, eras of music. Such singers are well advised to be sure they have studied the play and are aware of the context of this song. When, as is frequently the case, they are not, they tend to sing the song sweetly as a pleasant song about love's pleasures. In fact, it was intended as a steamy seduction song Whoa. voiced by the courtesan Pandora at an assignation in her house. The languorous opening mood of the song should turn hot by the time the song is over. <laughs> should turn hot. Oh, oh my. Right? Yes. Oh my. I think she did a nice job of uh, turning it a little hot and steamy. Yes, she did. Yeah. Maybe that's because at the time she was partnered with the lewdness, Anthony Rooley. Oh, right. Fair oh, enough. The lewdness. Yeah. Yeah, he was working hard. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just, well, his accompaniment, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, he's one of the uh, finest uh, lewdness to come out of uh, Britain. Is it, was it lewd or Theorbo? Yeah, I believe, I believe well, it could have been Theorbo Lube, you know, it could have been the right thing. <laughs> one of, those, mm -hmm, one of those big, funny, old, plucky. Yeah, but it was. I know it was he, he who was accompanying her. I couldn't find when I did my research, you know, what instrument he was on. Gotcha. Specifically mm -hmm. for the recording. Mm -hmm. But they did have a fling for like 20 years, yeah? A fling, yeah. <laughs> if you call 20 years a fling. Yeah, well, they were never like... They didn't remember they married, married, but they were partners. They were partners. It could be a fling. A I mean, very yeah, long it could fling. be a fling. Yes, a, fair. a tantric fling. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> well, you know, the song does go there, so. Yeah. But that, then, uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with uh, Britain's um, Midsummer Night's Dream, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um, apparently he kind of was inspired by this piece to write his um, I Know a Bank, uh, Where the White Lilies Grow. Which is a seductive oh. uh, piece sung by Oberon. Oh, okay. Um, so, cool. get a chance to look that up, Wilson. Yeah. Will do. Yeah, she had a, a beautiful early music voice, mm -hmm. and I think when you hear someone that knows how to sing early music, you're like, ah, oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. That that's not my bailiwick, so I'd be like, no, but. <laughs> But yeah, when you when you hear it mm -hmm. and it's the right singer, it's 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 beautiful, mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel. And I think what a lot of people think about singers, I think, if you don't sing in that genre, you know, it, it feels stilted and restrained, and the voice doesn't get a chance to shine. But here, 
you can you can hear clearly here that it is not that is not the case at all. Exactly. Yeah. I would agree. So no, her voice is still very present and, and shimmery. Yes, mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. those things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think of it sometimes in terms of like painting, like mm -hmm. it, if if the you know early music singer is is singing in paints of watercolors, that there are so many people who paint pedestrian watercolors that don't look refined they just kind of work but when you see a true artist with watercolors your mind is kind of blown away at the uh, artistry and that can be done in that delicate medium yeah. um and i feel like when you have a true artist like that in that in that medium they're playing in a whole different ballpark you know yeah. and we're so used painting wise what we tend to ex tend to embrace is oils or acrylic or bolder, brasher, brighter, deeper. And so tendency is to askew that. But when you see a true artist in it, you're just as blown away. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. And, I and agree. I, and Emma's def definitely one. Yeah, she's, she's a real superstar. I mean, she's like a very, I mean, well, so I don't know dame, much. Right? She's a dame. She's yes. the, but, but she's like one of the big early music singers. Like if you think of early... Music, oh, right? Yeah. Except Kirkby right. is kind of the, the, the star. Yes, and she, she, um, I don't even think, like, I, when I was reading up on her, she was just singing in choruses hmm. and uh, sort of found that this was her thing. Like, she didn't even really study it, but just that her voice was wow. right for that and started doing more of it. That's she, amazing. It was always that easy. I know, right? right. right. So, oh, look. <laughs> this is what I, I like should be to doing. sing. Yeah. I think I'll do this. Right. You're a dame. That's normally out. Does it happen? Yeah. Poof. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure there were a few years in there. And at least one know, brief fling. It was the Cliff yeah. Notes version. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Mm -hmm. What do we think of wine number two? Mm, I like if it. I didn't I see it and I just tasted it, I would have, I would bet dollars to donuts that it was a Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, okay. So I got some apples in there. I got, mm -hmm. I got some crispness, some acidity yeah. going, but yeah, definitely, I think, yeah. It has a little more complexity yes. for me than a, yes. than a Sauvignon Blanc would, because there's, there's like a, has more of a finish, I think. Um, almost like a red winey finish to me. Okay. Yeah. Like just I agree longer. With, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. Oh, and really it's good. definitely heavier than number one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It has it yeah, it's a, it has a it has a creamier, bigger mouthfeel mm -hmm. than the first one. Is um, that sweetness to it? Maybe. Yeah. Yes. It could be some yes. residual sugar. That also uh so uh, two things in, in white wines and rosé wines add that body feel. One is sugar, residual sugar. If you think syrup, sweet, very huge in your mouth. So adding a little sugar can make it bigger. And also uh, higher alcohol can make it feel bigger in one's mouth. So could be a combination of those two things over wine number one. Mm. And it's darker in color than wine number one. Yes. Um, sure. I think it has a little more going on aromatically. Mm. Yeah. We didn't really talk about what we smelled. No. But I got kind of like little hints of maybe like a, a sour milk at the beginning. 
Changes the malic acid, which is a brighter, sharper, more citrusy type acid, into a rounder acid that's more like fruit. Yeah. And so I think that also may lend to the creamier mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of peachy, like a little tart. Mm-hmm. I can see that, like a tart peach. Yeah, like a peach that you're like, oh my gosh, peaches are in season. I'm yeah. buying them. And you pick it up and you eat it and you're like, oh, like, it's. Well, it's a little, yeah. Like rotten. Like not rotten. Rotten is past right. right. This is like mm-hmm. you're so like, eager. You pick them and you're mm-hmm. you eat them and you're like, oh, it's not as juicy as I want. You don't like I don't peaches. Like peaches so. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. Really. All peaches are rotten to you. Right, so I, I can't identify. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> well, with that, maybe we should move on to the third selection and the third wine. Yay! Okay. Number three. Is she wise? Is she wild? Mama, mama, mama's got a lot. 
Why did it get me? Scrapbooks full of me in the background. Give them love and why does it get you? Why does it get you? One quick look as each of them leaves you. All your life and why does it get you? Thanks a lot, out with the garbage. They take bows and you're back in zero. From Gypsy, mm -hmm. uh, music by Julie Stein and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. Yes. And it was Ethel Merman. There's so many great people who've yeah. done this role. I mean, just genius artists, but she originated it and it was, mm -hmm. written for. It was written for her, and so I, I went with her. Good, Good job. Yeah. And obviously it's Rose's turn, but it actually is a similar yeah, kind of I theme thinking, to yeah, choice. Like, mother-daughter relationship. Stage mom. Stage yeah. mom, and also the thorniness of a career in the arts. Mm -hmm. Yes. And on stage, <laughs> yes. and, you know, mm -hmm. yes. it's roses and thorns as well. Uh -huh, it was uh -huh. kind of so, a perfect fit when I heard it. It was the first thing that popped in my head, actually, Good when I job. saw your, your um, category. Our criteria. Yeah, our criteria. And it's a dream role. Oh. Uh, oh. You know, I think yeah. this is, uh, you know, well, you know, the, so many things originated from this, you know, piece in that musical. Fifty-nine, yeah. I think, is the musical. Yeah, I believe so. So, really, kind of a scary subject for fifty-nine. Oh, 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 oh. And um, and so okay. this uh, this. Pieces kind of originated what they call the 11 o'clock number, which is kind of like when you're in the theater because the shows used to start at 8:30 and at 11 o'clock people would be getting sleepy. <laughs> so they'd have some show-stopping number that would wake everybody back up and get them back in for the last 30 and minutes for, or and so. Like, and then also leave to you know. So this was like one of the original 11 o'clock numbers. Like how could you how could you sleep through that? Oh, oh yeah. And just her I mean her interpretation. Oh, it's amazing. It's incredible, incredible. The emotion the variety of yes, emotions that yes, she goes yes. with. 
and we're not even seeing her do it just with no. her voice. Yeah. In that, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, and so still healthy. I'd well, like to point out. Very and healthy voice still, especially try, at this point. People try to imitate her voice. You can't. And it's just, you can't. That is her signature. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's why it works, because just like you were saying, she was singing healthy in her instrument, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's the colors that it has. Um, and it's that's what helped make her and propel her to be that star is because mm-hmm. that, that signature voice. Yeah, voice exactly. And I think people try to do that sound, and they're no. you know she's getting some vocal fry in there and doing some things that yeah. aren't quote unquote technically mm-hmm. perfect. And but she was make able a to conscious choice to do it. Exactly. It's one thing of saying I'm inserting a vocal fry here, as as opposed to saying. Oops. Right. <laughs> you know? right. So for her, it was, it was just that part was intentional, of the, the performance. And that's one of the things. Of like, if you know you're doing it, oh, yeah. you're ready. Sometimes it needs a little, you it know, does. in fact, mm-hmm. especially if you're doing a character like that. You know, Absolutely. It can't always be perfectly pretty. No. Well, I mean, in a way, I think that the, the great thing here is it's just, as the piece goes on, it's... Uh, all of the facades of the yes. character keep getting stripped away. And you hear the desperation, and you hear the, it's, yes, it's the peeling of the onion, as we say, and the, mm. you know, the acting. This is the breakdown. And this is, yeah, you get to see her and all of that honest, naked, childlike realness. It takes so much courage to let yourself have a breakdown vocally oh. for the character. Yeah. And not to just keep it in the, like, yeah, correct vocal placement and to keep, keep performing. Exactly. You know, you go to school for years where you're not supposed to do that, right? And then you're like, oh wait, but I'm pretty so. Right, right, right. Yeah. Today we're gonna make ugly sounds. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna get paid for but it. But I mean, honestly, I mean that's what draws one into that performance is mm-hmm. that it's not beautiful. What it is is. Hundred percent honest. Yeah, it's on the edge and it's risky and yeah, which is fitting with the whole show. Mm-hmm. Yes. So as you guys are like, you know, professional singers, and that's not not me. Right. No. Well, okay. <laughs> other well, but I mean, like, clear. like trained sing, like you know, you guys. I'm not. I'm an instrumentalist. Like, is this? Would there be a, a vocal personality like this in a show? Like. Would she be cast now? Would she? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, that's I think a good so. Question. You know, I oh, mean, would Ethel Merman be Ethel cast Merman. now? Yeah, yeah. Like at that voice type, right? Yes, like I mean, I think like one one thing that comes to mind is musical actually musical theater. Sure. Yes, okay. musical theater. Uh, like for instance, right now, the little dog has just been. Or right. or actually, um, the Little Mermaid. Somebody, she, oh, Ethel Mermaid so would, would be a fabulous. <laughs> she would, she would, I still think Ursula should be a drag queen, but that's oh, that's even better. Yes, yeah. but like for instance, yes. There, I just definitely think there's some roles. Whether yeah. she would have had, you know, the kind of um, huge success right. with that voice now, I don't know. I think it's yeah, a very different now, kind of style in musical theater these days. Uh, yes, and I'm not happy with the style. It's very. Um, there's a lot of ingenue roles that to me the, the singing is very um, trying to be nice here. It. I'm trying to be nice here. I, I, I don't think it's canned. It sounds yeah, I don't think it's, it's nasal. Yeah. And it's not, there's nothing wrong with having a nasal sound. Mm-hmm. But, no, it's a quite nasal sound. But, but it's, but yeah, but when it, 
but when it could be a different sound. It's nasal and very kind of pop and in, in a bad way, you yeah. know? Think of me, <laughs> think of me fondly. Right, it's right. that, which yeah, is, yeah. I'm like, that's not, unless you actually honestly sing like that, mm -hmm. right. then fine. But, you know, but when it sounds, when it sounds cookie cut, if it's authentic, it sounds authentic. Well, right. If it's cookie cutter, it will come across. Part that of way. that is so many people. And a lot of it's Mike before, now. You know, you, well, it's Mike, which well, yeah, totally changes things, but. Uh, which I, I'm sure when she did this, it was not Mike. She didn't need, oh my God. Yeah, but I mean, we were in like the next state over. Well, <laughs> you, know? you know, that's just Jersey, but. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, but uh, the other thing is I think that so many audiences, I don't care if it's musical theater or you're going to the symphony or you're going to see, you know, an opera or whatever, they've heard probably, unless you're doing brand new compositions, they've heard a lot of recordings. Yeah. And they have an expectation in their head of what it's going to be and what it's going to sound like. And I think that producers oh. push a lot of people to make it sound more. It takes a lot for an artist to be able to come out and fight against making it sound like yeah. what the audience is expecting. Right. right. You need to kind of already be established. And it's like, okay, well, we're having this person in this role and this in this special because this is an established right. star. And then, yeah. and then they get a chance to make it their own. But if they're, you know, J. Austin Bittner, it's like, no, no, we can't take that right. risk you got to sing it this way. Yeah. yeah, I do think there's some people, you know, there's, what's the new uh, show, War Paint, with Patti LuPone, and, you know, there's, there's some people who are still doing kind of stuff that she would be mm -hmm. perfect for, mm -hmm. you know, but not a lot of the newest musicals are written for this kind of mm -hmm. singer anymore. No. Yeah. yeah. It's true. No, but every so often you get one, and it's great. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there should be more. I mean, and that's the thing, it's like, that's a true, brassy, musical theater mezzo mm -hmm. voice, it's yep. just... That, like, vaudeville style. Yes. Yeah, it has the, like, yeah. roots in early musical theater. I love it. And yeah, I love that, was, that was a great, a great choice. It is a good show. Yeah, it's a good show. Yes. Yeah, you can come back. Oh, yeah. great, yes. <laughs> Success. You did it. No, it's just a great treat to have you here because you're usually traveling and we haven't seen you in years. So to even line this up was incredible for yeah, us. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Good, um, and not just for the wine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and the okay, cheese. There's so, your segue. So wine number three. Oh, good segue. And she even gave us a segue. Wine number three is my favorite. I like it a lot. I do yeah. too. Yeah. I think it's really nice. It's very well balanced. So why do you all like it? I like it because it's very well balanced. It has yeah. It has the acidity, but there's also a creaminess to there's it. A, there's there's okay, and I'm not do, I'm not trying to, to play off of Jay's. You know, I smell sour milk, but there's mm -hmm. something. I got sour cream. Okay, maybe that's, that's what I got. Head. Something cheese, cheese mm -hmm. like a sweet like Danish cheese filling. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. I kind of got white chocolate covered strawberries on okay, I'm done with yeah. that. <laughs> right? I don't think I've ever yeah, had white chocolate covered like strawberries. There's like fruit there, but it's, it's but that's something all, else. That's all that we're about. You talk about things like a cream cheese Danish. That's a very similar idea to white yeah, chocolate. You know? Yeah, yours just sounded better. I'm a little jealous. The white chocolate strawberries. <laughs> yeah. I got cheese Danish from 7 Eleven. <laughs> oh, well, the 7 Eleven cheese Danish. I got microwave cheese Danish. Yeah. But the thing is, there's no right and wrong. I know, but you know, Pop Tart. Yes. 
semi-burnt. Yes. But it, okay, so I don't want to get overly sweet. That's the thing. It's That's like, yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's yeah. not a really sweet wine. There could be there could be a little residual sugar in here, but if there is, you I think you talked about the acidity. It, some of you did, and it's balanced. It, you said it was well balanced yeah. because yeah. You, it did, still yeah. finishes dry. Mm -hmm. ah. Yes. But it definitely, you get, I mean, it's, it's sweeter than the other two we tasted. The fruit comes yeah, across yes. riper, definitely. Yeah. And I definitely get strawberry clearly on the palate along with other things, but that's the dominant fruit. Mm -hmm. right. yeah, this, is, this is the kind of, this is, I think, what I like about rosés, though, is that, like, what you're finding in this one. Because I'm not a huge white wine person, but sometimes it's hot in the summer and I don't really want to drink red wine, and right. something like this is just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Cold, it's refreshing, refreshing, but yeah, it still has some complexity to it. Yeah, it's a little bit of for me, it also seems to have a little bit of waxiness on the finish before it goes into the final finish, um, which isn't bad, it's just that's kind of what comes across to me. But I like it. So, it yummy, yeah. clearly, I think you're all going to choose wine number three when I pour when we get to our <laughs> we next selection. Might. It's very possible. Which is the time for me to ask that before we go to our fourth oh, and snap. final you're selection already? since we are. Yeah, we're there wow. already because having too much well, fun. You know, you're having too much fun. But yes, yeah, so we're we're still on the dump hiatus uh, because well, there's a lot going on, and it's nobody seems to know real to real anymore. So federal funding. Maybe, funding. maybe when my nephew comes to town and we uh, go over to Peabody Talk Computer Music, I'll find somebody who does real to real. There we like go. computer music and real to real, they're right next door, right? Yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah. Separated right? by about seventy years. So. <laughs> yeah, or more. But anyway, so yes, uh, tell me uh, which wine you want, and I will pour oh, it while we're listening to three, three. I think it's the threes. Three? They're all, all threes? Um, okay. I like yeah. the three, and I liked the opening. The I bubbly like wine, too. Yeah, the bubbly wine the is all done, though, one. but the... Uh, <laughs> Those are my two favorites. Sorry. Since everyone else wants three, I'll have, I'll have two. So the bubbly yeah. wine and number three are some people's favorites. The bubbly wine is my, my absolute fave. I'll try to pour as much three as there is, and if I don't have three, three, three. Zoe, I'll pour you okay. two. How is that? I would like the Trinity, right. please.
tumultuous middle section and then we're back then we have this nice transition you know um, in the middle like these sort of open fists that bring us back into the theme again or the beginning it's you know mm -hmm. sort of a lullaby feeling again mm -hmm. um, and yeah it's it's a really I, I think I read that this was one of Barber's later works and it's when he was like very depressed and struggling with alcoholism mm -hmm. and so a lot of his music this was after his um opera at the met kind of like yes got like right it got really panned Aww. yeah it's yeah I read that too so it's he's he's kind of in a he's in a dark place and i i so would uh, it there's a there's a very profound sadness yes yes it's like a dark and it's but it's so beautiful at the same time yeah, right yeah. it has yeah. like that sort of edgy dark sorry the singer is oh. Gwyneth Ann Jeffers who I guess is a English singer soprano and the pianist is uh, Stefan Stephen it's probably strange it, <laughs> playing like that. It has to be French. I know, yeah, it must be beautiful. He's really, I mean, oh, she's amazing. Okay. Yes, I thought like the pianist was really. I, I, and, and I think that that is well. that is the power of the piano and the voice together, right? Mm. When you when you have a good when you have two good musicians, you know, it, it's it's the piano becomes a second voice. It's, it's just so you know. So they they really work well, well the, together. Well, the neat part with the piano is it does when when you have a pianist like we just heard it it really actually sounds like a wind instrument at times mm. where it's a percussion mm. instrument clearly, but when they can have play so delicately and connectively and use of the pedals, it sounds more yeah. like mm -hmm. a wind instrument. That little and pattern at the end. Yeah. It was just yeah. So, yeah. It was haunting. It was yeah, very, very well done. Very well mm -hmm. done. But by both of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that, that was his third. I want to make sure not all of his operas, you know, tanked or whatever. Mm. And that was the third one. It was Anthony and Cleopatra. And then, yes, he's kind of known to have gone into depression. And it does have a very sad look. Even the lullaby has like a sad look. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 No. I see that. I felt like kind of like a little bit of uh, bittersweet. Limoncello on the cheese? No, Sambuca. Oh dear. She's learned from Limoncello. I learned it from watching you. Uh, <laughs> but I just felt like, you know, it was almost like there was this idea of almost like being on a horse or now that I'm, you know, thinking of the subject, maybe the donkey just like walking through 
uh, desert, you know, mm -hmm. there's that kind of mm -hmm. slow, mm -hmm. plodding yes. pace kind of feel to it. Yeah, like this um, will never end. <laughs> Not end, yeah. Oh, but never end, but just, you know, you're going somewhere, but, well, you know what happens? Well, I don't know, you've been, have all of you been to a desert, you know, you start to yeah. lose some perspective. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think there's a little bit of that. It feels like it's never piece. going to end, which is feels how many people describe depression. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. And I think, you know, when you think about the, the passion of, of some of our, our saints, you know, you think about the, the passion of, of, of Jesus and, you know, to know your fate. <laughs> and to be going to you know that's got to be there's got to be a lot of stuff you're going through and and I don't think that some of it is I don't you know it would be very similar to the song in a way yeah. and the text talks about um, the idea of the scapegoat like that you put your sins on this one innocent yeah creature you know Aww. and the, the creature is like laden with everyone's sins and sent mm. out to to free the rest of you know to free all of us to carry that burden yeah. so yeah. that that's the that's the end mm -hmm. is like he's, he's yeah. talking about that mm -hmm. that's a which is a powerful language yeah mm. that's a good piece of music right there yeah it's, it's really a beautiful. good piece of music yeah it's so yeah. simple yeah it's just really well, I, I had never heard it before, mm. and I'm sitting going, man, I would love to hear that in a recital. Is this what sent you down the YouTube rabbit hole? Did you go down a rabbit hole? I think every time you go on YouTube, it's <laughs> well, I, a rabbit well, I got hole it. for anybody. I, I went to bed last night at like 11, and I got a text at like, no, I went to bed at 10.30, and I went to sleep at 11, and I, I got a text at like 11.30 from Jay saying, oops, sorry went down the YouTube rabbit hole. <laughs> so I was wondering what it was that sent him down. <laughs> if so I go on YouTube, I have to, I'm prepared for that. Just yeah, to, right. That's a you're, no, that's a, you're never, you think I you always are. go down the rabbit hole. Right. No, it's, it's impossible. It's just, not you know, yeah. it's just those, the things they offer up on the mm -hmm. side are just too enticing. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Mine's a mix of like music like this and like lute performances mm -hmm. and like Casper baby pants songs, <laughs> you know. Baby Ours shirt, is, I would love yeah. to see somebody look at our YouTube history because my husband has, you know, um, keto diet, living in a van, biking, <laughs> um, and then my daughter has, you know, everything like all the all the young YouTubers, Minecraft, DIY crafts, oh, yeah. froggy stuff, and then mine's like Zumba and. Home repairs. <laughs> so people must be like, who is this crazy person? How do you market to this person? Yeah, oh, no, no, it's three people. crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> but I love YouTube. So I'd like to say that I, as I'm having number three again, I feel like I'm in a tie between one and three. One and three. Yeah. I don't even Which know you anymore. Right? They're, so, they're so different. They're so different. So but different. One, one, like I'm remembering one, and I feel like it's. So you barely have any in there. I can put a splash of one in there for okay. you to remind you. But I still, I still, I feel like I'm tying between the two. Someone should do like a study whether the music we're listening to affects our taste. I know, right? 
and smell. You know, like the different smells. I, mean, I think, think that's cheese, and I think, I think our pre-game <laughs> affects it. Jenny is courageously offering. But you haven't, you know, the fact of the matter is you haven't had that cheese in a long time. That's not affecting your palate anymore. You know, if you're having it right there together, that's going to, you know, affect your palate. But at this point, I bet you can't even remember palatally what the last cheese It was a Gouda. Yes. And it was yummy. And it was right. smoky. Right. And it was creamy. And it was nothing like right. wine number one. But can you, can you remember it actually on your palate? Or can you taste it on your palate right now? Some of it. But I'm, there might be you're some left being, in my tooth. <laughs> <You're>, so, <laughs> you, you just love busting my balls. I think, I think I have to change my favorite to one. Ooh, wow. Right to what? Damn. Really? Enjoy. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm still enjoying this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just just barely over three. But I'm, I'm See, I think I would like to have one all by itself without any without anything ahead of time. Just like come Fair home enough. and grab number one. Yes. <laughs> that sounded awfully right. <laughs> No, 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 yes. No, no, yes. My number one. So, so are you going to reveal? Yes, I am. Right. I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just trying to remember. There was something that was like, no, 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 yes. No, 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 no. I'm trying to remember who did that. I want to say it was like. No, that's from um, uh, the, uh, the History of the World. Yes, yes, yes. 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 It's Madeline Kahn, yes, my yes. idol. Yes. yes. Oh. Oh, God. yeah, that, that is a song. Yes, yes. it just turned into yes. a song. Yes. Oh, okay, that's what you what you were saying reminded me of. Yes. <laughs> no. Thank you for reminding yes. me. No, yes. <laughs> Sorry, Neil. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, our favorite part. I know. Find out what we were doing. Maybe I should be like, you know, dun, dun, like. <laughs> yeah, do a little like yeah, tease with the bottles. All right, so uh, no, wine number you one. You got it, or yeah. Is uh, Pigoudé, uh, oh, yeah. which is a uh, uh, rosé from Provence. Wow. Uh, oh, it's my it's, uh, yeah. it's a blend like of. One. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Grenache, and Sasso with a little bit of Syrah. Um, and Provence is basically, like most people, that's where they think like Rosé is. You know, it was born there, the south of France. This is based, and this is basically the main wine that comes out of that region is Rosés. Oh. So um, this is what, you know, people think of as what a rosé should be in terms of from Provence, not necessarily this bottle, but you know, ro <laughs> Provence rosés. And they are usually a little but lighter in color too. They, they do tend to be. I mean, of course, there's like a, a really famous one, Mirabal, that people know because of the former Brangelina. Brangelina. Uh, but, yes, but it's uh, not an old, old style. No, it's a little more modern style, but this is a little more old style. Uh, and it's, uh, it, I, I, you know, I personally feel, I, I forgot to mention it's 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, you know, the, the most recent vintage. Yes. Um, and it's, uh, I think it was $8 a bottle. Oh. So for what? a Provence Rosé, yeah, this is it. like the bottom of the, mm -hmm. of the okay. thing. So the, most Provence Rosés you go out and buy, you're going to be looking at 12 14 20 yeah. $22. So cool. if you were like, wow, I wasn't really that impressed with it then just think, but you were like, maybe you liked a couple things about it. Maybe mm -hmm. you wanted something, you know, turned up from the volume level from two to say like six. The price point can't be beat. You know, maybe you want to explore Provence Rosés and maybe instead of go 
for that $8 price point, maybe go for that 11 or 12 and see if they've just taken those, you know, types of uh, aromas and flavors and just dial up the volume a little bit. Hey dude, no cheese for you. Okay. No cheese. Number two. Deuces, baby. This is Bochendal. Ah. the Rose Garden, 2016 oh. rosé from South Africa. Oh, hey, hey. Could not, um, <laughs> since it was down in the cellar. Um, so uh, this is, uh, it's, it's interesting because on Boshendal's website, they don't want to tell you what the grapes are. They say, well, it's primarily uh, Merlot and Pinotage. But then when you go to other places, they say, it's got a fair amount of Cabernet Sauvignon in it as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing it's those three grapes. Um, ah. And actually, uh, a lot of uh, South African rosés tend to have Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot or Syrah as the main grapes. So they tend to come across a little more with those bigger fruit characteristics, which is one of the reasons why it probably came across a little bigger, a little fuller than uh, number one. I feel um, bad that I didn't like uh, uh, countries. Yeah. No, 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 that's, that's okay. okay. He didn't not like it, right? It just no, he's not favorite. It's just was it's a okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, this was probably, even, this isn't even like the most famous uh, rosé from South Africa. That's probably um, Molderbosch Cabernet Sauvignon rosé. That's probably yeah. the most famous rosé from, uh, from your home country. But I, but still, even if it's not your favorite, Nothing still to, yummy, uh, nothing, still to yummy. Uh, yeah. nothing to complain about in that no. one. I, I actually liked it a lot. And actually, when I came back to it after wine number three, I, I thought I enjoyed it even more. So uh, here we are, uh, number three. This is uh, Eluan, uh okay. from Oregon. It's a 2015. Uh, and it is actually uh, primarily uh, the Pinot Noir grape, mm. but they are probably even more elusive as to what grapes are in this than than uh, the Rose Garden. It it's listed as a Pinot Noir blend, which probably means it's in their site, which probably means it's somewhere around 65 to 70 percent Pinot at a minimum. Uh, and they source it from both from three valleys in um, in Oregon, uh, Willamette. Uh, uh, Rogue, and the third one is, I think, Maka. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that, uh, everybody on the podcast. And uh, and so uh, this actually is a project from uh, offshoot of the Wagner family, which uh, is known for founding Camus in Napa Valley. And then when they started branching out beyond, because all they make at Camus is Cabernet Sauvignon mm -hmm. uh, there. And so they started, you know, after they started making bank, um, yeah. they started going out and thinking <laughs> they should make other wines in other regions and such. And so this is one of their projects in Oregon is Eloan. Cool. So they make a Pinot Noir and they make this as well. They make maybe two or three Pinot Noirs uh, and then this. So, and what does that um, retail for? And what is uh, the last oh, one so for? The, the, sorry, the number two, I forgot to say what it retails for, probably around, uh, 13 to 15, maybe $16. Oh. Uh, and Elwan is probably uh, 19 to $22. Mm -hmm. All right, so, then. Um, 
But uh, all great wines and yes. all yes. enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think we we saw a lot about why rosé is so popular right now and yes. why it's growing because there is, there's a lot of fun stuff going mm -hmm. on. And as you said, Jenny, when it's hot, if you're mm -hmm. more of a red wine drinker, you're thinking, I want something a little refreshing, and the rosés really hit the spot. So, great. Uh, so our playout song was chosen by uh, Suzanne, who uh, had a last minute thing come up this week, uh, and so she wasn't able to be here. So thank you, Zoe, for coming. Oh, yes. coming yes. back. You're a star. I can't wait to have you come you. back again. We Just have missed you. Um, and so I asked Suzanne to pick our playout song, and so she has. It is. Um, uh, Ella Fitzgerald, oh, my favorite singer, um, uh, performing with Count Basie and his orchestra, Honeysuckle Rose. Wow. Yes. Fair enough. Absolutely. Yeah. 